0: Welcome to Day 8 in our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're up to John chapter 4, and we're about to read a life-changing conversation that Jesus had with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's Well. Every town, you know, as you drive across the country, you might see this. Almost every town has a sign outside of town that says, Welcome to this town, home of, you know, something they're proud of, the state champions, or in some sport, in their their local high school, or home of a famous celebrity. The town where I've lived the first seven years of my life is Kellogg, Idaho, which was founded by a prospector named Noah Kellogg. And on the sign outside of Kellogg, Idaho, uh, this sign was put together by some townspeople in Kellogg who had a sense of humor because it said, welcome to Kellogg, uh, the town named after Noah Kellogg, the prospector, founded by his donkey, only... It doesn't use the word donkey on the sign. And now inhabited by the descendants of this donkey. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Every town wants to be known for something. Syker wanted to be known as the place where Jacob's Well, with all of its religious and historical significance, where that well uh, w- was located. And that'll come out in the story as we go. But there's, there's, there's even bigger points for us to, to make sure that we drink in here. Jesus is thirsty, so he asks this woman who comes to the well. She's coming because she's there every day to, to, to draw water for her household. Jesus is there to change her life. Maybe you think it's just some sort of random accident that you uh, show up at church or, or show up at a Bible study or even show up for this podcast today. Maybe it's a God thing. Maybe it's no accident that you're here, just like it's no accident that the Samaritan woman and Jesus met at Jacob's well that day. Maybe God wants to get a hold of you today like God wanted to get a hold of this Samaritan woman, as the story is told in John 4. Jesus asked her for a drink. The Samaritan woman's surprised because Jews like Jesus didn't talk to Samaritans like her, and men didn't talk to women in public either, according to their cultural customs. But Jesus is not there to embrace cultural customs and, and sinful traditions. Jesus is there to knock those barriers down and to, 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 to get, kick those prejudices out of the way. And so he starts a conversation with her. And he says, if only you knew the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to. This is verse 10 of John 4. If only you knew you'd ask me, if you only knew, if you only knew what Jesus has for you. So many people are so close, but we miss it, especially people who go to church and are a part of Christian communities, but their hearts aren't open to Jesus Christ and the living water that he wants to provide for us. We're too focused on worldly things, earthly things, uh, too focused on even religious traditions, too focused on holding on to those things. And so we miss the best part. We miss worship and spirit and truth for what it is. We we miss a relationship with Jesus Christ just for the sake of the religion. And that's a tragedy. Don't do it. Let this be the season. Let let this be the Bible study that God uses to awaken your soul. I can give you living water. Jesus is speaking on this spiritual heavenly plane that John's gospel constantly reminds us of. Jesus is helping us to see it from a higher level. And she goes right back down to seeing it from the wisdom of this world. But you don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket. This well is very deep, she says to Jesus. But she has no idea how deep it is in terms of spiritual depth and what God could provide for her, what God is gifting to her in this conversation. But she will. She will because her heart actually, as it turns out, is open to it. And I love... The dialogue. I love the, her spirit and, and her honesty and, and the, the, the words that she chooses to say. She's clearly open to it, and she's looking for something more than just another bucket of water for another day of life and just going through the routines. She says, this well's very deep, and besides, and this kind of gets to what our town is known for, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? Who do you think you are? Jesus replies, takes it up a level. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It'll become a fresh bubbling spring within them, and it'll lead to eternal life. Please, sir, give me this water, she says. Just love her honestly. I'll, I'll take it. This sounds too good to be true, but I'll take it. I'll explore this with you. I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She's looking at it at a practical level. Wouldn't it be great if if I didn't have to come here every day and run this chore? But there's a part of her, I believe, in her spirit that's starting to open up to the possibility that this conversation is about way more than water. It's about life. Remember, Jesus says he's the water of life, he's the living water. He's not just going to quench our thirst for an hour or, or an afternoon, he's going to quench our thirst for eternity. Give me this water, she says. And then Jesus wants to talk about life. They've been talking about water. Now he shifts the conversation to a deeper well. Go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, you're right. You don't have one. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. The woman responds and says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Verse 19. How would you know this? We just met. So tell me. As long as I realize now that you're a prophet, you see her heart, her spirit is opening up to the reality that something bigger is going on here than just getting a drink of water. Tell me, why is it? I've got a religious question. Why is it that Jews like you, this is our problem as Samaritans with Jews like you, according to their their sinful prejudice. Why is it that you think Jerusalem is the only place to worship, but we Samaritans who really aren't welcome at the temple in Jerusalem, we say that it's right here. Jesus says, it's not where you worship, it's who. We've learned that during this pandemic as a church, that it would be our preference to worship in a certain way it, together, sitting in our sanctuary that we're familiar with, in our church building, and in our, all of our different buildings and our locations here at Hope. We want to have our familiar worship. We long for the day when we can, but it isn't at its deepest level. Where the, If you want to go to the deepest, well, it's not about where. It's not about how, it's about who and why. It's about who we worship. And so Jesus says, the day is coming. In fact, it's coming soon when you will learn to worship in spirit and in truth. (laughs) When you will learn to worship for for the right reasons. For reasons that will quench your thirst for life. That will give you what you're really here looking for today. It's no accident that you're here. The woman starting to believe says, I know the Messiah is coming. This is almost like a a leading question, is it you? (laughs) Could it be that I just happened to meet the Messiah at my everyday well today? Yeah, it is. And it is for not just her, but for us too. Today could be the day of your salvation, the Bible says, not just someday after you die and you see if you're going to get into heaven or not. Today you could have the assurance of that heaven. Today, simply by opening your heart to Jesus Christ, If you believe, you receive this gift of eternal life. It says already over and over again in John's gospel. And Jesus is making that offer again here today. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called the Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And Jesus says, I am. Remember that phrase, I am. We'll get to it again in the days ahead. I am the Messiah. Now enter the disciples, they come back to the well from getting food in town, and they see Jesus having this conversation, and they've got their cultural prejudices and their religious traditions, and, and they're a little offended, and, and so the woman feels uncomfortable and she leaves, but note that as she leaves, verse 28, she left her water jar beside the well. She had found something way more than what she was looking for that day, and so can you turn to God and turn to his word and follow Jesus Christ and he'll fill you up with this living water. The story doesn't end there, though. The woman goes back into her town, and she says exactly the literary richness of John's gospel, the same phrase that Jesus says when he calls his first disciples. This woman is now calling her fellow townspeople to follow Jesus. Come and see, she says. Come and see what I've found. Come and see. And so they come. And many people in that town start to believe because she is this evangelist. She is this transformed human being, this child of God who came to the well that day just for a drink of water that would quench her household's thirst for part of a day. But what she got is a gift that would last forever. This is what following Jesus does for us. Dive in, immerse yourself in this story, soak it up, read it slow today, and we'll pick it up there again tomorrow. like review and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out and join us for weekend worship you can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how we'll see you there